Welcome to episode four of The Growth Equation, where each week we bring you an inspiring message by some badass humans to help you grow into your fullest potential. Today, I have two very special guests on the pod, Brandon McKenzie and Hamza Anwar, Anar, Anavar, something like that. So without further ado, Brandon, why don't you kind of give the listeners a little bit about who Brandon McKenzie is and how you're here today? Hey guys, so as Leighton said, my name is Brandon McKenzie. I'm a current physician assistant student at Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, a, a veteran in the fitness community. I've been working out and doing everything nutrition and health for about 10 years now. I got my undergraduate degree at the University of Florida in exercise physiology, and I just do everything I need to every day relating to fitness, getting my stuff done in PA school. And yeah, that's that's pretty much my introduction. Hey guys, my name is Hamza. I'm 25 years old. I do software sales and I graduated from the University of South Florida with a degree in biology and nutrition. And I'm a semi-decent powerlifter. I don't know if I'd call him a semi-decent, but yeah, uh, Hamza, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were a a nationally qualified powerlifter at one point. Is that accurate? Yeah, I did collegiate powerlifting and I did world's once and I won. Yeah, four-time national champion, one-time world champion. Yeah, toot your horn, baby. Let, let the people know <laughs> what's going on. So thank you both for the quick introduction. I think today's pod will be more workout, nutrition, mindset, and kind of focused. So how do we even jump in here? Because there's so much to dive in on in the fitness space. But I guess for starters, I, I myself has been, have been a avid lifter or health nut, I guess, for the past 10 years as well. So I'd love to get your guys' insight on how you think working out kind of translates to your mindset, and from those lessons learned, how have they translated into other areas of your life outside of personal development and fitness? Yeah, so I mean, for me personally, since I'm more in the powerlifting spectrum compared to bodybuilding, it's very numbers-based and objective. So whenever I have a goal in powerlifting, like let's say I want to bench 500 pounds, that's my long-term goal, right? So I mentally reverse engineer what I need to do to get to that long-term goal. So I'm like a very anal person when it comes to mastering my process. So whether it's tracking my sleep, tracking my macros, tracking all my weights and my accessory work obsessively helps me master my process. And I feel like that helps you get closer to your goal because many people have lofty goals, but they're so focused on the end result that they lose track of their process, which is what gets you to the end result. So I think success or reaching a goal is a byproduct of mastering the process that gets you there. Hey Amen. I love that. And what's that old saying? Like 95% of the population that sets New Year's resolution goals quits within the first 30 days. And I think that's there's some powerful meaning behind what you just said there is rather than focusing on the end product or the goal or the number that you want to hit, maybe more focus on the day-to-day habits and like the person you become to reach that goal. I agree. Yeah, so similar to what Leighton and Hamza were touching on, it's definitely more of a process thing rather than kind of jumping to the end result. I'm more geared toward the bodybuilding side of the fitness industry. Mad respect for Hamza for lifting all that weight. It's just not my cup of tea. And I've seen him, you know, do his lifts before and I'm just blown away by it. But I think a lot of it has to do with my upbringing and my kind of confidence over the years has improved since I've become more disciplined 
inside and outside the gym. Aside from my day-to-day life in PA school right now, I still hold true to my goal of telling myself to be 1% better every day. And that has a lot to do with what I make in the kitchen, what I put into the gym and the end day result. So it's definitely like I touched upon in the beginning, kind of enjoy the process rather than leap to that end result because you just aim to be better every day. And if you can say that you reach new heights, even if it's in the kitchen or a new PR you made, I think that's a better approach kind of to take. One thing that you touched upon that really resonates with me is the idea of being 1% better every day in anything in life. Even like people listening to this podcast, for example, let's say there's five or six things that we say that might resonate with you when it comes to adding to your life. Even if you just take one of those things and you improve on one aspect of your life, the idea of compounding in any aspect of life, whether it's investing in the stock market, which I am an avid investor, it compounds over time. So it's like 1% just keeps building and building and building and it's a snowball effect. So, you know, like Brandon said, you know, if you're just doing well in the kitchen with your meals, with meal prepping or hitting a new rep here at the gym, those things add up over time. And then before you know, when you zoom out, you're like, holy shit, like, oh, it's been a year and I've, I've gained 10 pounds of lean muscle or I've gained 30, 40 pounds on my bench. So you just have to, when people like, how do you climb Mount Everest? one step at a time. If you look at the peak, you're like, shit, I'm never going to get there. Yeah, 1000%. And I'm curious, and thank you both for kind of jumping in here, is what got both of you guys into fitness in the beginning? I know for me personally, I grew up playing lacrosse and soccer. So I've always been an active kid, but I really started more so just like, let me get a little bit bigger because I was the skinny twig and try to get some more girls, which inevitably, if like, if you're a workout I don't want to say douchebag, but I guess it always ends up, it's ironic because you get more compliments from other gym bros than you do women. So out of curiosity, what got both of you guys into fitness to start? So my fitness journey kind of started when I was a sophomore in high school. You know, I was a skinny kid. I had a good defined body. My dad first taught me about working out, you know, what to do, but I didn't really have the idea of nutrition down. I kind of was neglecting the calories, uh, you know, a 14-year-old kid needs, especially being as active as I was. I played football. I did start golf at that time, but, you know, that's not very cal- like calorically expending. But nonetheless, I digress. I really got into the fitness side of everything because I really wanted to improve my self-image. I was dealing with some self-image issues kind of contained myself as best as I could, but I knew I wanted to take my limits to the next level. And that was kind of changing my body completely. And when we were talking about the mentality side of fitness, it does help improve that totally. It's very difficult at a young age to understand like what your full potential is, but taking classes like anatomy and physiology in my pre-medical magnet program, I kind of wanted to learn you know, more about the body and about how my body might be different than someone else's and how I could push myself to my absolute limit. So just year after year, as Hamza was touching upon, the compounding of me doing my research in nutrition, doing my research on proper form, because proper form is always the most important thing. That's my opinion. But I think that that kind of sparked my lifelong interest in not only being better for myself, but also kind of proving to other people that it is possible to put that little extra work in and that those tactics or that research you're doing will build over time to ultimately get you to a point in your life where you're, you know, satisfied with how you look, how you feel. So, yeah. 
unlike Leighton and Brandon, I was a chubby kid. I was, I'm still short, but so I was chubby and short. So I kind of looked like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> and uh, there was this extracurricular rugby team on Saturdays and Sundays, and I signed up for it. And basically, I couldn't keep up with anyone. So I just decided to get my diet in check and start tracking my calories and start learning a bit more about proper nutrition for the body. And basically, all my physical activity was rugby. Shortly after that, I signed up for a gym membership, and you know, I got obsessed with that. I was actually born and brought up in Kuwait, and this is all when I was brought up in Kuwait. So the summer before I moved to America, I, saw, I looked at the high school sports that they offered where I was moving, and I saw weightlifting was a sport. So I'm like, I'm going to the gym every day now, so I might as well look at weightlifting as a form of competition. And uh, that's how I got started uh, with my fitness journey. Yeah, that's amazing. And for people that are listening that can't see Hamza, he's literally like a, a middle linebacker, but 5'6", like he's a diesel. So I love it. You both mentioned uh, there's kind of a heavy epitome of emphasis on nutrition. So I myself kind of struggle with nutrition as well, and I'm, I've been lifting for 10 years. So I'd love to kind of dive into that topic a bit more. Like, what do you think age demographic between like 18 to 30 most gym goers are getting wrong in their nutrition and what they should do to improve upon that? I think there's two ways people go wrong. It's either they don't eat enough or they eat too much. So in any of those cases, I think most, if not all people, whenever they're like, I eat so much, but I can't gain weight. But I recommend basically, let's say you eat your normal diet for a week. For one week, I recommend tracking everything you eat on a fitness app like MyFitnessPal. And then mm -hmm. by the end of the week, you truly know how many calories on average you're eating. That gives you a good baseline on if you're eating too much, eating too little, if you're getting an adequate amount of protein, your carbs and fats, that just gives you a rough estimate. Me and Brandon, you know, we're more like super specific with it where we weigh our food and stuff. But for most people, I recommend tracking your food for a week so you get a good baseline metric of what you're doing and what you're eating and then adjusting from there, whether it's increasing the amount of carbs you have through, you know, the carb source you eat, whether that's rice, pasta, or any, you know, carbs or, you know, upping your protein by increasing, you know, the amount of chicken you eat or ground beef. Those are small, simple things that I think people could apply to their life and help move the needle in the direction they're trying to move. Uh, what do you think, Brandon? Well, honestly, I couldn't have said it any better myself. It seems like it is true that me and Hamza share a brain. But yes, I think it is absolutely vital. He specifically touched on people not eating enough and might be eating too little because I think it totally depends on what your end goal is and what your, you know, unfortunately, genetics do play a role in it. However, I don't think that should separate you from you and, you know, your potential goal and losing 40 pounds or gaining 20 pounds of lean muscle. I think those are all very doable actions of your body and you just have to be very disciplined about it. And I do agree that you should track your calories regardless of what your goals are because the general population don't typically understand in full what a calorie is and what, you know, foods hold more calories than others. I'm not going to dive into what a calorie is and all that stuff, but just to touch upon it, I think it is important that you do track what you eat because like we were talking about before, it's all about progress. And, you know, if you see yourself leaning in one direction when you're, you know, supposed to be going in the other, 
I recommend, you know, sitting down, really counting everything out. And it's not weird to weigh out stuff, especially if you have a goal in mind. If you don't feel comfortable with it, just prepare everything in your kitchen, whatever. But I do, I can't elaborate enough that it is important to make sure that you're not only one, getting enough calories, but then if you're trying to build lean muscle to get an adequate amount of protein. Yeah, something I wanted to expand upon that you mentioned. Yeah, there's a huge genetic component to how your body's going to respond to nutrition and training. But I just want to like backtrack a bit like on the overarching theme of this podcast. Genetics is something you can't control and uh you know, I I'm a big fan of analogies and like I'm not a gambling man, but you get your set of cards you're dealt like let's say five cards and those are your personal characteristics whether they're physical attributes emotional attributes things that you naturally have a knack for those are the cards you can work towards and those are your natural advantages don't focus on the uncontrollable things that you can change such as your height or you know you know your physical attributes but focus on the things that you naturally have a predisposition for and you know if you focus on that you're going to be moving forward rather than be like oh holy shit well you know this guy has this or this person has this because you're never going to get anywhere with that mindset and fitness and life and in your career so yeah 100% very well said i'd kind of like to dive a little bit deeper maybe give a unique example of someone, I don't know, let's let's say he's 5'10", he is 28 years old and a little bit overweight. Are you guys more centric on the calorie intake versus burn or are you more focused on macros? Talk to me about the, kind of that dichotomy between the both. Are they both equally important? I think once again, me and Brandon are going to pretty much almost say the same thing. The funny story, you know, just to preface this, I met Leighton at Crunch. Uh, it's been what, a year now? Yeah, something like that. I saw this random kid like using this machine. I'm like, I need to use this machine. He needs to get the fuck off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, nah, he, he seemed like a cool guy. And I actually know Brandon from another crunch. So I'm like, Brandon's cool, Leighton's cool. And I got them introduced one day when we were all at the gym and, you know, we've been friends since. But when it comes to like the most important thing is energy balance. At the, at the bottom of the pyramid, when it comes to body composition, energy balance, in my opinion, is the most important thing. What you burn is what you calories in, calories out. Slightly above that is macros. Obviously, the macronutrients, you that's protein, carbs, fats. I personally recommend 0.8 to 1 gram protein per pound of lean body mass. And when it comes to carbs and fats, that's a personal preference type of thing. Some people like higher fats when they have red meats, and some people prefer higher carbs with lower fats from leaner uh, protein sources. But I think uh, energy balance is the most important thing. And then after that is macros. Those are the two most important things. And then when it comes to vitamins and stuff, that's more as an insurance policy to make sure everything internally is functioning okay. But in terms of just strictly body composition, it's all about energy balance and macros. Yes, I couldn't have said it better myself. So yes, to answer your question, Lane, I think energy balance is overall the most important concept. And I think that the way I've surrounded myself with the fitness community, especially like, you know, having influencers myself who are competing in like bodybuilding competitions. If it comes to that level, if you do eventually aspire to do that, which, you know, I condone, I think it's a great opportunity to really push yourself to your limits. But that I think is more important to dive into the macronutrients parts of it. Calories in versus calories out is my method of doing everything. And there was a concept developed, you know, years and years ago, kind of when I started about 10 years ago, and it's called If It Fits Your Macros. So the idea behind that is, like Hamza said, aim for about one gram of protein per body weight, and then you can kind of fill the rest of your calories, if you will, with 
kind of anything. Obviously, like I said, if you're looking to have a certain aesthetic, then certain choices are better than others. But I do promote like healthier eating all the time because it does give you better source of energy. But if you are just getting introduced into changing your body composition, I will say that it's more difficult to establish a concrete diet based on brown rice, chicken, asparagus, and all that stuff. So my recommendation would be to slowly transition and choose healthier options, but also consider the macronutrients that they provide. And then Hamza was touching upon like vitamins and stuff. Those are considered your micronutrients. But if you eat an overall healthy diet, it's okay to like supplement with vitamins and stuff, but you should be getting sufficient percentages just in your diet alone. So as the example you gave, the five foot ten male who might be slightly overweight, I think it'd be best to just introduce yourself, you know, to the gym if it's your first time and then just start making healthier choices. And then once you kind of figure out how your body responds to that stuff, then dive into the more meticulous things such as getting a pound uh, or a gram of um, protein per body weight and then filling the rest of your calories with healthy carbs and fats. Got it. That was super insightful. So just to make sure I'm understanding correctly, and I can relay this back to our listeners here, is it starts with the foundation of calories in versus calories out. And based on Holmes's recommendation, tracking your every meal, every calorie, everything you eat for an entire week to get a baseline of this is how many calories I'm eating. And then maybe tracking your movement as well to see how much you're expunging. And then from that, you kind of dive into like eating a pound of protein per body weight. A gram, excuse me, that'd be a lot of meat. (laughs) And then from that, eating a bit cleaner and having more healthier carbs and vegetables, as well as taking more vitamins to be your micronutrients. Is that accurate? Yeah. So energy, macronutrients, calories, and then, you know, lastly, micronutrients. What micronutrients or supplements, I guess, or vitamins would you guys recommend for a younger man in their 20s to be taking every day? Honestly, With me, I get my blood work done frequently every three months. Which I highly recommend um, doing. Highly, highly. I recommend, you know, for everyone, and if you are down the performance enhancing route where you are on certain drugs, blood work is extremely important. So I'd recommend a blood test, but something that I think everyone could take, you know, is just a, you know, I take a lot a live six. It's like a multivitamin and a vitamin D supplementation is something that I've uh, seen that a lot of people are deficient in. This could be genetics or, and this could be a lack of sun exposure. Those are the two things that I recommend everybody should take. And when it comes to protein powder, if you get enough through food, no need for it. You know, if you have trouble eating a lot of solid food, you can add shakes to your diet. And when it comes to the most researched supplements for performance enhancing that are natural, caffeine and hydrous. So you can, you know, buy pre-workout that has caffeine in it. And the second one is creatine monohydrate. Take five to seven grams a day. You don't need to cycle it and increases the ATP, which is your body's energy source in its muscles. And, you know, it'll give you better performance in the gym over the long run. So, but before you even look at supplements, get your diet in check, get your training in check, because people look at all the marketing gimmicks in these supplements that you see on social media, and they're like, why don't I look like sebum? You know, Brandon kind of looks like sebum, but um, <laughs> you guys probably won't. So just focus on diet and nutrition before you start dumping your money in supplements. 
Yeah, I agree with Hamza. I've agreed with every single thing you've said. Just to prove uh, Hamza is a very credible uh, resource. But um, for my personal recommendation, what I take every day, and I'll just give a quick synopsis of what each, you know, pretty much does in the body. But I take a multivitamin, like Hamza said. I take vitamin D3. As he was saying, a lot of people, especially us living in Florida, are deficient. You know, your kidneys naturally produce vitamin D3, but the biggest source is from the sun. So taking supplementation, it helps with like your immune system, bone strength and stuff like that. I take a magnesium tablet that helps with regularity, bone strength, helps with your mood. I also, I recently started taking ashwagandha again, just to like help kind of like alleviate some of the stress I've experienced through, um, you know, the daily stressors of PA school, especially during exam week. That's something you can get over the counter. It's I take a vitamin C as well, just for my daily immunity. And then I also take a probiotic. And a lot of people kind of don't interpret gut microbiome being like especially important, but that has a lot more to do with your overall health than people kind of deduce it as. So I definitely recommend a probiotic, but if you choose not to purchase one, there are plenty of probiotics in either if you like kombucha, but also Greek yogurt. I'm a big fan of Greek yogurt. And there are a ton of live culture bacteria in there that will help kind of, you know, replenish that the good bacteria in your gut to help with, you know, normal physiological function. But yeah, those are pretty much the supplements I take. I stopped taking creatine just for personal reasons. And but I do agree that, you know, once you get developed in your overall body foundation, that it is a good addition. And then I do recommend whey protein, like Hamza was saying, whey or grass or plant based if that's, you know, if you are vegan or vegetarian, because it can help kind of fill in that gap that you might not be able to fill by eating solid foods. Yeah, I mean, just so like Brandon pretty much touched everything. Maybe I need to hop on a probiotic, too. I do eat a lot of food and I do get indigestion sometimes, so I'll have to look into that. Thank you for sharing that. We're all family, right? <laughs> so moving gear here and kind of wrapping up from, I guess, the fitness and more the nitty gritty of nutrition and and workouts, but I did want to touch on one last thing in here is what does your workout split usually look like right now and how does that vary? Because I want to get the perspective of more of a bodybuilder versus a power lifter. What, are, what does your different workouts look like? Yeah, absolutely. So- my workouts are more tailored around the three compound lifts. So those are bench, squat, and deadlift. So most of my energy or when I'm freshest, I focus on bench, squat, and deadlift at the beginning of my workouts. And I do each of those lifts twice a week. The more frequently you do a a lift up to a certain amount, you get more proficient at that movement. Think about pitching a baseball. The more you pitch, the more it becomes second nature. So it's building, it's more focused around the compound lifts. And then I do bodybuilding uh, style work just to build up, you know, because I don't want to look like a twig at the same time. Uh, so I do those after my compound lifts. So mine's more tailored around higher intensity, closer to my one rep max when it comes to the compound lifts. And then I do add in bodybuilding work just for aesthetics. Yeah. So my split is kind of different, but ultimately similar because we do both go to um, the gym. So we're bound to fall into kind of the same exercises eventually. But when he sticks with his squat bench and deadlift, I incorporate those more so as my first compounds. And then I move into more isolated things. And big concept of all this is that when he's looking for, you know, power and strength, he focuses more on his flat barbell bench when instead of gearing your goals towards like a certain physique or aesthetic, 
I personally recommend dumbbells because it helps you get a better range of motion. Not saying that Hamza isn't completing a set of anything because I've seen this man bench and it is unreal, but it definitely changes. The fundamentals are ultimately the same because like I said before, you want to like practice perfect form because you don't want to hurt yourself, especially like when you increase the weight. But it's the little things like that and like the isolated movements, you know, hitting certain muscle groups, your bench press, you're hitting your chest, some of your shoulders and your triceps. But then you could move into like a tricep pushdown if you want to concentrate more solely on your triceps. And then you could add in a chest fly to isolate your chest. But my split, especially with my busy schedule, I'm still trying to find that balance, which I think I've been able to accomplish since I do have a pretty busy schedule. I still go to the gym at least five days a week. I personally think that one rest day is mandatory. Two rest days are, you know, it's pushing depending on your schedule, but I think it is feasible to still reach whatever goal you have in mind if you go to the gym five days a week. And if you are like me sometimes and you just feel like you have to go, just step away from the weights, give your body some rest and do some like active cardio, like play a pickup game of basketball. If you play golf, you know, in this heat, it's it sucks. But, you know, walk nine holes instead of like riding a cart. It's it's that kind of stuff that keeps your body moving and active. But yeah, so his workouts are, you know, tethered towards three main lifts. He might do some isolated stuff on the side to help kind of contribute to the strength for those compound lifts. But my split is different solely because I just have different goals. Got it. So just just to re reiterate, Hamza, if you're a, a power lifter, you're going to more focus on those three core lifts and go for less reps and more weight. And if you're going for more of the aesthetic bodybuilder workout, you're going to be doing a little bit higher rep scheme, maybe anywhere from eight to 12, but with more isolations of different muscles. Yes, that is right. Okay, got it. And then completely switching topics here, moving from fitness, which is a foundational aspect, I think, of any man or woman's life that wants to improve themselves, start with their fitness. But how has your fitness regimen or your workouts or your self-improvement translated into your business lives? I know Hamza does a lot of day trading, and that is a very mental game as well as a analytical one. And Brandon does online coaching as well. Talking from a personal experience, I am in a sales position, which I think everyone should do at least one point of their life because it is all a personal development game. The better you get, the more you sell, the more people you help, the more money you make. So full circle, how has the gym and exercising and all of this umbrella of working on yourself translated into your guys' businesses? Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, I like to think of life in objective ways as much as possible. I know there's a lot of nuance with people, situations, and experiences, and that's how I look at life. So like, for example, with weightlifting, I look at an objective number and then I reverse engineer my goals. I'm also in a sales position. I, I've been doing software sales for the past three years. And for example, if I want to sell $250,000 in annual recurring revenue, I reverse engineer to how many dials do I have to do per day and how many meetings does that book me? What's my average deal size? So if you get extremely analytical and objective with how you think about achieving your goals, and I think this stems for, from weightlifting for me, I try and uh, not even consciously, it's subconscious that I always think about like all the processes and what ifs and 
take calculated risk when it comes to sales, when it comes to trading. If you can take out the subjective measures of people and things out of the equation, you tend to be right 70, 75% of the time. Because let's say, you know, you meet someone, for example, in sales, you meet someone, you might not be able to know 100% about who they are, what they stand for, what they believe in, and everything in between. But, you know, through experience and through being an intuitive and perceptive person, you can get 70% of the picture and that will give you enough information to basically make an executive decision. So I think fitness has helped me become more objective with most things in my life, as well as trading, because uh, one of my favorite things in trading, as Brandon also knows, is trade the chart, not your heart. Because when you're winning, you know, it's all fun and games, and but can you handle it the same way when you're losing? So it's like, if you can get your emotions out of the equation in sales, in life, in, in trading, if you trade, you tend to make better decisions, which will help you in the long run. Yeah. So I personally think because this is kind of a new concept, I have always been full geared towards medicine. And eventually I originally wanted to become a doctor, but I think, you know, the physician assistant route kind of matched up with my kind of timeline more ideally, or it's a great field for me to still practice medicine and you know what I love, but also I knew I had a little more time and work-life balance eventually when I did become a certified PA that I could still have my, you know, fitness life because I think finding that balance and not overexerting yourself even if you do have one particular goal in mind, even if it does require, you know, 100% of your attention, it is absolutely crucial to have time set aside doing the things you love because that's kind of what keeps you grounded. And even if you do love medicine and do aspire to be a doctor one day, I think it's a great challenger to not only your physical strength, but also your mental because it does require a lot of hours for studying and stuff. But if you do want to kind of, you know, dive into medicine and from a different perspective, but also want to find a good time to find a better work-life balance, I would recommend the PA route but I'm just rambling on about what I'm doing. But my original thought was that since I've been in the gym for so long and my business, what I eventually wanted to become of, I do online personal training right now. I was an in-person trainer a few months ago, but I decided to move to the online spectrum just because I feel like, you know, with social media and the way things are moving towards like technology, I think it's a great opportunity for me to help other people who aren't necessarily in, you know, a 20 mile radius. There are some of my clients who are from outside of the state of Florida. I have a few from the inside of the state of Florida. So I think that aspect of my love for fitness and me kind of networking to other individuals like Hamza or Layton, you know, who are part of that sales kind of idea of business, I think that it was a great opportunity for me to use my past education and my passion to something that I could see not only benefit me from a satisfactory standpoint, but also to see the benefits that come from, you know, someone I might have not even met in person. And I think that's a, a very rewarding concept in the field of business, but also, you know, that self-gratification that you get from like truly helping someone. When it comes to balance, I don't know the specific demographic of listeners on your podcast, but I'm, I'm I'm guessing you know from the people we know and you know through our network, it's a it's a lot of young guys who are, you know, obviously into fitness growth and self development. I think an extremely important thing that lots of people miss is having a good group of people around you. 
like we're here today because we all have a high level of alignment and a lot of core issues and and topics. So think about the places you frequent the most. You, you become a byproduct of the people you surround yourself with. So let's say you start going to the gym. Try and make friends with good people because you'll be surprised by the people you meet at the gym, whether they're business owners or even people in the same boat as you. I remember having dinner with you. It was like close to a year now. And yeah. something I mentioned was, I think it's extremely important to have three groups of people in your life. The first group of people are people who are aspiring or on the same trajectory of wanting to do something that you're currently doing, whether that's fitness related, career related, or just the chapter in life you currently are at. The second group of people are people like me, Leighton and Brandon hanging out together because we're all currently on the same journey trying to progress to the next step, whatever that next step or next phase of our life is. And then the third group of people are people who've already achieved the level of success or the level of what you're trying to achieve and you know, having those group of people in your life. And if you have a solid set of a couple people in each of those realms, I feel that sets you up for success because you can mentor people who are you know trying to get to where you're at. You can talk about trials and tribulations and wins with the people who are currently in the same boat. And you can seek knowledge, advice, and best practices from people who have achieved what you want to achieve. So be smart with who you associate yourself with. And I think that's the key aspect to success in any endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to piggyback off what Hamza just said here, I, I think that is, it is so important to be mindful of who you're pouring your energy into, who you allow into your space, who you allow into into your, your realm, essentially. And I've always struggled with this as well as I've continued to on this path of getting a little bit better, a little bit better. You will find yourself not having similar interests like you once did. And those people that have been lifelong friends with you will no longer relate to what, kind of what you're going on. So my advice to you, if you're still listening to this, and I hope you are, that if you can't find the community that you're looking for, create it, build it. Hence why I made it this motherfucking podcast. So let's go. Yeah. So for example, even with 75 Hard, I'm, I'm currently on day nine today and I'm feeling absolutely dialed in. And last year, this time when I did it, I, I did it by myself. I work by myself. I live by myself. And it was extremely lonely. So I took a different approach this time and I was a little bit more vocal on social platforms. And I, I created an internal 75 Hard group and it's an accountability group as well. So if you can't find the community you're looking for, build it. And Surround yourself with people that are on a similar path and crush the motherfucking world. And let's be great. Let's inspire. So if there was a, a, a younger person sitting in front of you, what would be three life tips you could get them to coming from point A to point B? What would be some tangible things this person could do today to start improving their life? And whether that's through fitness, their community or their career, what, what would be some tips you give that person? That's a loaded question. Sure is. If there were three specific things, the first one I would say is don't let in noise. Like noise could be the people you surround yourself with. And sometimes that's family. There are people in your life that don't believe in you. Then there's people in your life that hype you up even when you don't need to be hyped up. So let the distraction of all that noise out of your life and internalize your personal motivations and your why. If you truly know your why and you protect yourself from all the noise you endure on a daily basis and you look forward rather than laterally or sideways, that's one of the biggest things I think that that's a dictator of someone's success. The other thing is don't be afraid of course correcting along the journey. Be honest with yourself. 
my dad always still says, always be honest with yourself. If you're honest with yourself, you truly know what you're good at and what you're bad at and what you need improvement at. And then the third one, if I was to pick the third most important thing, or just one of the three more important things is have a solid group of trusted advisors, a small circle whose best interests you have in mind and they have your best interests in mind. And I'd recommend only using or majority of times using those people for constructive feedback, whether that's negative or positive, to help you get to your destination as well as bring them with you. Yeah. So my thing would definitely, my first piece of advice would be to find your niche. I think it's absolutely vital that you kind of figure out what your end goal in mind is, because if, as we mentioned, the age demographic was between you know 18 to 30 years old for the listeners on this podcast, and I can speak on this because I'm 26, we're all still young. So if there is something that sparks your interest, it's not too late to make considerations in other realms because like we've been talking about nowadays, you know, it does require hard work and effort to get to where eventually you want to be. But I think what's equally as important is the idea of networking and finding similar people with like-minded ideas to kind of help fuel your fire to whatever it is you eventually want to do, because it is important to surround yourself with people who want to give you that extra push and not kind of like hold you back from what ultimately your goal is. Second would be to get in the gym. I think it is absolutely vital to, especially in today's society, being surrounded by the convenience of fast food. It is difficult to break habits, but habits become more lifelong if they're manageable under you rather than kind of like cold turkeying a diet or kind of doing the extremes. So I think it is important that to not only help your physical health, but also your mental health to establish yourself in the gym in some way. And my last piece of advice would be get out of your comfort zone. You only make progress when you are uncomfortable. You know, a lot of times when we get stressed out, is it has a lot to do with not having a full written out description of what the future holds. But sometimes, and to, I'm elaborating on this, do not go crazy with it, but it is good to get out of your comfort zone and surround yourself with people who might be a little smarter than you. You know, they could mentor you towards, you know, becoming what they eventually became um, with the help of someone else, you know, an elder or a higher up because they were once in your position too. So I think it's definitely crucial for you to get out of that those feelings of the everyday life, like, okay, I'm happy here. I'm content. I think both inside and outside of the gym, it's important to kind of push yourself because the human body can do a lot more than you think. And a lot of what we're made of is in our mental health. So going over those limits that you previously set for yourself is one of the best ways to help improve your self-image, your you know mental clarity, and your physical abilities. I love those answers. Thank you both so much. Hamza, Brandon, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? So at the time of this, I am currently updating my fitness website. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on a bunch of different platforms. My goal for all this is to hopefully inspire people, not necessarily influence people, to be better in the gym, outside of the gym, in their everyday life. But you could find me on Instagram at BMACFitness. I will repost this amazing podcast on my page and tag Layton. So if you are a follower of Layton, you will find my handle there. But yeah, you can find me on social media and I would love to connect in one way or another. If you have any questions on the workout portion, the 
nutrition portion of fitness, or if you just want to be held accountable, I've helped tens and hundreds of people in the past, and I would love to take you on as a potential client. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not a TikTok star like Brandon. Uh, I just have Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is smallbeast98. And honestly, feel f- I don't provide any coaching service or anything. But honest, uh, if anyone you know resonates with this or has any questions, feel free to DM me if you have questions on you know starting out in powerlifting or just you know getting your health in order. I'd love to help people and you know I. Honestly, I'm a big fan of, you know, giving back or, you know, whenever I see kids who, who are getting in the gym and I can tell it's their first week or, you know, first couple months starting out, I, I enjoy helping people, especially when they're self-starters themselves. Amazing. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to episode four of The Growth Equation. I hope you get better. I hope you grow a little bit today and I hope you inspire those around you. Talk soon, guys. <laughs>